Hey, what's up everyone? A lot of people ask me how do I get started on a podcast. One of the easiest ways that I've found to start a podcast is through an app called Anchor. They have a web version and a mobile version. The best part about the app is that you can record directly from your phone. And they have background music that you can use along with your podcast as you do introduction. It has tons of features for podcast. The best part is it takes care of the distribution as well. It distributes to Apple, Google, Spotify, some of the major providers of podcast. So they take care of the distribution and also on top of it, they pay you money for running ads on your podcast. So to get started on your podcast today, head to anchor.fm. Also check out help.anchor.fm where they have a lot of useful information for people who are starting out on podcast. So just go out and start your own podcast today. What's up everyone, it's Ashish here. I am really excited about this episode. I have Jane Franklin as a guest. Those of you who don't know Jane Franklin, she's an award-winning cybersecurity entrepreneur, consultant, speaker, market influencer, and a sizer advisor. In this episode, we go into what it is to be a sizer advisor to sizers all around the world. We also go into how sizers can attract new talent, specifically attracting more female applicants for jobs. We also go into how, as an introvert woman, she was able to make a personal brand for herself and later on became the influencer in cybersecurity that she is today. If you are someone who is looking at attracting more female applicants for any opening you have for a job, whether it's a cyber job or a technology job, technology job, you would find this useful. If you are a woman who may think that you're an introvert, you may find valuable information in here for how you can do a better job on improving your personal brand online and offline. Finally, just a warning, there may be animal noise or background noise, so please do ignore it. It's just a one-man operation so I don't have a studio at this point in time for this so I do it personally yeah please I appreciate the discretion that you would offer by ignoring those background noise they're not that many I've managed to remove most of them but for the ones that there would be there I do please do accept my apologies for that well I would stop talking and let's get into the interview and as always if you have any feedback or if you have any reviews don't forget to follow us on your choice of podcast or head to www.kaizentech.com for more information. Now let's get into the episode. Hello everyone, welcome to Cloud Security Podcast. This is Ashish here. I've got a special guest today, Jane Franklin. Jane, could you introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, hi Ashish. Hi everyone. Um, my name is Jane Franklin. I'm a cybersecurity entrepreneur, speaker, and best-selling author. And I work in cybersecurity and I mainly do a lot of work with leaders and also women. So I'm right now solving a big problem around how to attract and retain women in cybersecurity because I believe that a failure to attract and retain women in cybersecurity is making us all less safe. So I do a lot of work around female empowerment, around that side, and then also helping leaders to actually create fantastic environments that are suitable for, for women and also for, for men. So it's so that we can perform to that higher standard. So you do work as a size advisor as well. What, what does that role entail? Yeah, so really it's around leadership. So it's creating environments that whereby you can attract great team members, you can 
ensure that they are performing to the highest standards and, and also helping them to get that engagement internally in their organizations. So typically what I'm seeing at the moment is I'm seeing a lot of focus on us kind of solving not really the real problem. So we know that attacks are increasing and they are getting more intense and the quality of those attacks are developing. So we've got more awareness, a greater attack surface and things like that. So therefore it's really important that we do get the right types of people to come on board and work with us, but also that we get the buy-in from the stakeholders in internally in our organizations. And so in order to do that, we need to be communicating effectively so that they yep. understand exactly what it is that we do because invariably they don't. And if they don't understand what we do, then we can't get buy-in. And right now we have this um, high challenge. I talk a lot about a high challenge, low support environment. In fact, I talk about lots of variations of that. So yep. high challenge, low support, low support, high challenge, and which is really where we, where we want to be. That's a perfect way to kind of talk about challenges that Sizo would have. Is cloud security important at a Sizo? Oh, yes, absolutely. So um, cloud cloud is the way to go. So we have to be using cloud. I mean, it's it, it's just a no-brainer. Yeah. That is the way forward, you know. So yes, and it is about getting up speed with, with cloud security. Sizos have been buying a lot of uh, security products for a while. Yes. And security is looked at a cloud as a cost function. And yes. selling cloud security to a board when you already have a lot of on-prem stuff, which is talking specifically about hybrid environments where big enterprises have a lot of history in data centers. And now yeah. with cloud, they're like, oh, move everything to cloud. But there are certain yes. things which you just cannot move. So that's right. what, are the, what do you see as a challenge for selling something like this or selling anything new? Because we're talking about cloud today, but could be something else tomorrow. Well, you've got to have, you've got to have your facts. You've got to have your facts ready, ready for the board. So it's just like you've got to go in prepared. You've got to be talking the language of, of the board. So typically what happens in my experience of, of, of talking to, to CISOs and, and CISOs and dealing with them and supporting them as an advisor in one of my capacities is that they don't actually get a lot of time with the board. So many of them aren't. So many of them are actually reporting to the, the chief financial officer or maybe right. the um, chief information officer or even sometimes the, the, the CTO or the chief risk officer. So most of the time they're getting very, very limited time with the board. So for them, it's mostly a case of actually selling those solutions or getting budget from their direct line manager, which is invariably the chief financial officer or, or the, the CIO, the chief information officer. Oh. So it, it's a case of having those facts, you know, having the information, having the data and yep. being able to talk in the language of the person that you're, you're at invariably selling to. Oh, that's an interesting one, right? Because I think a lot of people who look at a size as a C-level thing and not, may not be aware of what they really do, I guess. And yeah. it, it's a lot of people skill involved in this. Am I right in assuming that? Yes, absolutely. I mean, this this is where I think we're going wrong. So we need to improve our people skills. We really need to bring the focus back down to the, the human aspect. And I know there's a lot of work being done on the human side of things, but usually it's, a, it's around training. So yeah. training users internally in the organizations how to get up to speed with phishing um, and, and so forth. So that those, those human weaknesses 
that we invariably do because we're not we're not perfect we're we're human so for, for me it really is is about really working more on the soft skills well not working more but actually getting more up to speed with the soft skills side of things so things like leadership things like um communication um how you know i mentioned it right at the start how do we attract the right sorts of people to our to our teams to our organization and and then keep them how can we sell training and also support systems to say hr who we're working with because yeah. you know and i alluded to to this um wrote about it in, in my book and and the specific chapter on it was hr is holding us back <laughs> you know because that's what CISOs would always tell me recruiters would also tell me the same same thing and then then I was dealing with a um, candidates out there who were looking for jobs at all levels. So yep. particularly at the CISO, the, the CISO end, you know, where the, the length, the, 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 the cycle um, to, to become employed was lengthy. So even now we have um, CISOs, you know, out, you know, out of the job market and having been out of the job market for maybe eight, eight or nine months and yep. having to take um, lower, um, lower level roles because they just can't find anything and they need to pay the bills. So this whole aspect of, you know, we've got a skill shortage isn't necessarily completely accurate. That's a lot of um, scaremongering that that is being done uh, by by the media. I'm a bit curious. So when you say HR is blocking them, so HR is not letting the resume go through or? Uh, well, sometimes. So it depends how competent the HR function is, how much, say, the hiring managers, um, it could be the, the sizes, are working with them. So quite often they don't have experience. They don't have knowledge of what it is that we're doing. They don't understand necessarily the, the terminology and the language. Yep. So sometimes what's happening is that they are um, looking for shortcuts. They're looking for speed because, you know, speed is the currency of, business so they might be searching doing keyword searches for um, cyber security and what they might be doing um, they might be missing candidates or people who are applying who have a lot of information security skills so i i know that has gone on and it's really simple but again if we know know this then we can compensate um, as applicants by making sure that we have both keywords in our resume resumes and c and and cvs from an hr perspective you know yeah. it's very much a case of actually really getting them ideally and this is this is where it would come back to the the CISO, you know helping them to get up to speed so that they can work with us and we can work as a team and create those win-win scenarios so they are meeting their kpis their key performance um, indicators and, and so are we as as leaders building our teams and um, building these these performance teams so we can do a d- better job of assessing the threat landscape and then reducing the risks ar- around it it's great being a CISO, but you're not a great CISO if you don't have a great team to support you get results absolutely uh, yeah so just like any leader your skill is in is in attracting the best team so they can work damn hard and enjoy the experience and be happy and stay with you and then go recommend you know that others come and work for you and say as leaders what's happening now is it's not necessarily a case of almost like a command and control that type of approach where you have a title and you're working for a particular company and and applicants are coming team members are coming because of the brand of your company applicants are more and more choosing to come and work for a leader and then they will follow the leader wherever they go so it's 
as a, as a CISO, it's your job as a leader to make sure that you really are being becoming the best leader that you can possibly be so that you attract your team and always are attracting uh, the, be the best team and what gets round. So, so therefore, that makes you quite safe in your role because you're not only attracting the best opportunities in terms of the organizations and, and that want to hire you, but yeah. you're also, you've also got your pipeline of people, team members who want to work with you and they'll go wherever you go. You know, so for me, that's really, it's a missing link and it's something that really isn't being focused on. I'm going to switch gears a bit because we've been talking about sizes. I'm going to switch gear to someone listening in, in the audience and is from a cloud security background or trying to get some work in cloud security, obviously. Yeah. I think one of the things that people talk about these days, recruitment has changed quite a bit. A lot of people yeah. have experience, but cloud itself is yeah. very new. And it's hard to prove your experience when the only experience you have is, say, a few, of a few months, contract yes. role. And then next thing you know, you're like, well, that's all I got. But not many people are willingly going out themselves and learning security in cloud. For those people, if they want to be employable yes. by a CISO who's a leader, what yeah. should they be doing to get attracted by, I guess, a leader who may be a CISO? Well, so, so they can invest in a, in a course because we've got more courses that are coming up to do with cloud, cloud security. And I think, you know, it, it's useful to do that because it ticks a box. So coming back to the whole kind of recruitment and HR side of things, it can yep. just like satisfy them and tick a box. But one of the best, uh, there are two recommendations that I have. One is to actually demonstrate your knowledge of the technologies and environments that you're, you're dealing with. Now, yep. you can do that by so many different ways. Um, if you can write, then you can blog about this. So that demonstrates your awareness and your knowledge of this. So don't just prove it. One way of doing that is by writing about it. If you're not so great at writing, because some people find it hard, or they don't know how to, and so a lot of times I'll, I'll help people to do that through writing effective blogs and things like that. But they can also, they could do that through doing exactly what we're doing. So they could create a podcast, yep. or they could create sound bites, or they could do videos or demos. And if they are feeling like they can't do that because they're an introvert, I would encourage them to actually banish that limiting belief. I'm an, I'm an introvert. All an introvert means is that you get your energy from being away from people. Um, and I know most of, the, most of the influencers in the market are introverts. So being an introvert is not an excuse for either doing a podcast or writing or speaking at an event or getting on a panel or doing a video or anything like that. It really isn't. So I would encourage um, those who are working with cloud security to really demonstrate their experience somehow. And I've just given you various ways that they can do that. Uh -huh. The other way is through networking. So it's build your network, you know, and you've got to get out there and you've got to start networking uh, with people who can employ you or yeah. who can sponsor you into into those jobs you yeah. can vouch for you so sponsoring is different from network it is different from mentoring so sponsoring is about people who who are usually quite influential and they are finding new projects or jobs and making the recommendation and vouching on your behalf this yeah. person I've worked with, this person has the skills, you know, I've talked to them, I've seen their work, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So ideally, you, you really want to be doing those things. So things like yeah. meetup and conferences, talking to people over there and not just hanging around in a corner, I guess. Absolutely. Start. So yeah, 
Yeah, making yourself, make, I mean, I talk a lot about visibility. And when I talk about visibility, it really means, talk, it actually means becoming visible so people can see you actually elevating your voice. So making sure that people can hear you. So your voice could be through, through the spoken word or yeah. it could be through the written word. So it's really kind of making sure that you are totally, totally visible. So people know about you. They can see you and they can hear you or they can read um, your stuff or about you. I guess both you and I kind of work on the space a bit on personal branding. And yeah. it's a great way to switch into, for people who are listening, whether you are cloud security or security in general, or you may not be a cloud security person, a DevOps person, how important is personal branding? And what can an introvert do in this space? It's, it's massively important. So the way that we work, the way that we work is changing. So, and I, I love that. I'm excited about it. I mean, you know, if I think 10, I was going to say 10 years ago, remote working wasn't as common as, as it was 10 years ago. When I had my penetration testing company, I owned a penetration testing, built one of the earliest ones in, in the world and owned that for 16 years. But when I had my penetration testing company, one of the first employees that we had, we were a global organization, was in Australia. So All right. um, he worked, yeah, he worked out, out of Australia. He still works in, in Australia and, and he's an Australian citizen now. But he moved back to Australia with his, with his wife and started a family. And so for, for me, it was very much a case of, um, you know, you, you can do these things. We know you're a great worker. We trust you. Um, let's do this and see how it works. Today, that's much more common. And so is really more project based work. So we are becoming much more project based. And we are also becoming much more entrepreneurial in the way that we approach work and find work. And also on the flip side of things, so what we're, what we're wanting to see more and more as leaders, as employers, as hiring managers, is more of the entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. So we need people to be much more proactive in the way that they are dealing with these things. And so coming back to what I said a few minutes ago with making yourself more visible, personal branding is a way for you to do this. So it means that you can communicate what it is that you do through an effective pitch, whether that's a one minute pitch, an elevator pitch, or whether it's a three minute or five minute, um, you need to be able to communicate what it is that you do to a variety of different audiences. Kids, you know, in school or at the playground, or if you're working out at the gym or in a bar, the more people that know about what it is that we do, the better. And then obviously when you're going for a job or you're networking, then you need to be able to communicate what it is that you do in an effective manner. So yeah. you get that buy-in from, from those potential hiring managers or sponsors and then you need to be able to be making yourself visible and demonstrating your worth because demonstrating your worth doesn't really come from qualifications that takes the box and gets you through to um, the next level in terms of a job you know potential yeah. hire and is it different if the person is a woman instead of a man i guess i'm assuming i've got a mixed audience well, so is it different yes it it is different i would love to say that it's not different but you know there are there are biases out there so women are penalized and discriminated against because of the fact that they they are a woman so we all have bias biases <laughs> mm. and if you want to go and uh, find out the extent of your biases you can go and take a test it's, it's run by harvard it's online it's called the implicit association test and it, it does it not not just for things like gender but it does it does it for, for other things as well. Women are penalized more 
because they're a woman and often often that nobody realizes this is it because it's unconscious we don't realize that we're doing it so as women we were penalized um, and and then there's the kind of it's not a rule but it usually women have to work twice as hard or 10 times as hard you know to get the same result as as a so man even from a and personal branding perspective they would have to say if well, i were to put this in numbers do youtube videos twitter well, you, everything well not so from a personal branding perspective this is where it really can help women actually because it enables women Women to be judged more on their on, on their ability you know so by demonstrating their worth through things like blogging or podcasting they're able to really show that yep. you know so it does enable them to get more visibility and to break down some of those barriers that might be causing them trouble conventionally uh-huh. so typically what happens with women is they get on and they're doing their job and they're doing a really good job um, but because they're not seen and not heard not as many people know know about them and so they tend to be judged more on, on, on where they are as so in where they are in life at the moment or as in where they are in terms of location and where they are in terms of their career oh, so right. that the role that they are the role that they are, are fulfilling so unless they are really kind of promoting themselves in an authentic manner because it's not just a case of getting on social media and and tweeting or posting or whatever and and being a me 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 look at me it's really not about that it's about demonstrating your worth so demonstrating your thought leadership yeah um and you know like i said you can do that by writing about it or by speaking about it or by doing podcasts or anything anything like that or recorded sessions so you can oh, prepare right. in advance and it's not a case of being put in the hot seat all the time there are so many ways that you, you can yeah. do this yeah and i guess practice makes introverts. perfect as well so once you start doing Abs- it you're probably gonna hang off it and move absolutely. forward absolutely and i guess yeah. to your point about yeah. personal branding for women being different is some of my audience members are also startup founders as well so if they yes. want to hire uh, women and attract women because I, I guess clearly you mentioned cybersecurity is going to have lack of re, i guess people and we would also have i guess a lack of gender diversity as well so there's a it's almost yes. like a multitude of problems so yes in terms of an, as an entrepreneur listening to this what would you say what can they do to attract more females to their workplace so well they've got to do several things they, they have to build their personal brand so they have to get visible all oh, right so they, so they to, themselves have to be visible they do absolutely so it's very much the way that we we build businesses nowadays is very much built on the company brand and the personal brand but people buy people much more than they they do um, necessarily a, a startup brand. So you've got to be able to communicate what it is that you do. So be able to pitch. You, you need to be able to communicate your vision. You know, what's yep. my vision for my, it's not just my my, my company. It's what, what's my vision for what I'm doing? What is my why? Why am I doing it? So people have yep. to believe your why. And you have to get that buy-in, that connection from, from that. And you have to be able to communicate your mission as well and your values. So by doing those four things that I've just mentioned, so have a vision statement, have a mission statement, have your value statements, have your why, be able to communicate these and live them, truly live them. So these aren't just literally... Um, statements that you have on a piece of paper or on posters that are plastered around your company or on your websites and things like that you really live them and people will talk about how you're living them and you will be demonstrating at every single touch point whether that is online or offline these yep. things or oh, you yeah, know, to your point about personal branding as well because that would reflect your personal branding in terms of abso- what absolutely. you're doing. Yes. Yeah, so as an individual, as a leader, when you're doing these things, you get that buy-in. Then you create the followings. Then you create that buzz around what it is that you're doing. And yet you'll build your business anyway. You'll build you know, awareness about what 
what services or products that you're selling, but you'll also be attracting the right caliber of person to, to your company. And say if we're, if we're looking at, say, attracting more diverse candidates, particularly um, gender, yeah. then you can look at your communication. So are you making sure that your communication is more gender neutral and you're using more gender neutral language? Um, or if you did want to, uh, attract more women maybe you are using more female orientated uh, language oh, although right. f f for me i'm much more i'm much more an advocate of using gen being gender neutral and attracting the right candidate the right yep. person for your company yep. and I, I very strongly believe that when you do do that then you attract more women to your to your company is it different if you're an enterprise because i guess enterprise already has a predefined value company value company vision no. where they're going it's not different uh, it's, it's not different at all you have to you have to make sure that it aligns to that so what you would have is you would have say your enterprise uh, your your organization's mission statement value statement and all of that um, yeah you would have your own as a leader and you would be building your team based on that and then you would have your teams as well so that oh, you as right. a team can, can do this. And, and when you can do this collectively and it all aligns, you've got that congruence and it's really, really powerful. So, and it's consistent as well. So you know when you're going out to, to others outside, whether it is as, as, team, as the team or yeah. whether it is as individuals, that you all have the same message you have to live it. You have to live it. And you have to create these psychologically safe environments, you know, and whereby your team feels safe to make mistakes, to fail, which yeah. is, is very hard because of what we do. Um, but you have to be able to do that. They have to, the team have to feel safe and secure and stretched and supported and challenged because they can't just feel safe and supported because if they feel safe and supported, then they won't, and they don't have the psychological safety, then they won't move and stretch themselves and innovate or suggest or even feel safe to to make mistakes and in a world where we have so much change coming at us with industry 4.0 yeah um and so much change and we've not really seen the speed of change that is coming at us the teams have to uh, feel safe in order to do that simply because they're not going to be seeing the types of things that are coming at us so they, they we have to as leaders create those those environments oh and you mentioned industry 4.0 what is yeah. industry 4.0 who don't know yeah, well, it's the fourth industrial revolution. So it's the next wave of, of technology um, and change that is coming at us. Oh, right. Okay. How we would look, and to your point about uh, everyone's turning an entrepreneur. And I guess yeah, we, everyone's, yeah, the way that we work is changing, but we've got different technologies com, coming at us. So we have the internet of things, the internet of everything. We have more connectivity. Right. We've got, uh, you know, more people coming online. I think we've got right now about half the world's population are online, whereas in the next 10 years, if not less, we're going to have about 90% of the world's population coming online. So I think that's around about 7.5 billion people. Wow. So uh, it, it's it's going to be... I'm, I'm really excited. I'm excited for it. I'm aware of the challenges and the dangers and, and the what that might mean. Well, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I, I, but I am excited for that, but we have to, the more, the more we know, the more information that we have, the more aware that we have 
both as 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 users and workers in security and as as people working in these yep. environments the easier it is going to be for us um, and the more able we're going to be to be able to to deal with the changes that are coming at us but oh. i'm i'm very excited about what what's happening i'm excited about be- being a social media nerd myself i'm excited about so many people coming online which means a lot of people who are working on their personal brand would have a lot more eyes on their profiles would have a lot of people visiting their youtube pages twitter pages <laughs> we spoke about personal branding i guess personal branding is mainly on social media and that's where a lot of this is created but it's not it's not on social media that's the okay. thing i mean that's the perception is that it is and it, it can be if you want it to be but the personal brand is as much off off media as it is on so if oh. you really want to scale it yeah right, scale the visibility and and your voice then yes, by all means, you, you really need to be doing it on social media. But you've really got to work it offline as well. So, so that's every day you meet someone, they're basically Absol- you're reflecting that behavior uh, yeah, as well. Abs- yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the types of things that you can do off social media in terms of building your brand are things like the networking. Yep. You can do, um, you can do, you can do speaking at events or getting on panels. You can do, you can create um, uh, networks internally at your organization, or you can go off and do voluntary work outside of your organization, or it could yep. link back, you know, it could be a combination, but it, it's very much about the two. So it's, it's not just purely on online. It's very much online and offline, but if you really want to get the scale, then you've got to do it online. Oh, that brings back to the point we were talking about earlier where um, networking with attending meetups, if you're a speaker at a meetup, you obviously attract people towards you. Don't be scared. I think people would just have questions, follow-up questions on the amazing work you would have done. Some people may just get like, oh my God, there's so many people coming towards me. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I think it's knowing how to deal with that. You know, it's, it's simple things like say networking. How do I, how do I approach someone? You know, how, how do I approach someone at a meeting? how do I approach some, what are the first words that I say? What are the, you know, it's things like that. Or how do I approach from a body language perspective? Because that communicates so much. I mean, it's, we haven't even really talked about that, but there are, there are ways that you can approach people that help you to actually fit in. Sounds like we need a course for this. Yeah. Say when I teach personal branding, in fact, the personal branding that I've got doesn't really concentrate so much on body language. If I'm doing mentoring, if I'm doing coaching, then then I do go, go into that. And on some calls, if I'm doing live calls and things like that, then yes, I, I do. But you've really got to look at how you are presenting yourself. You, you need to think about the, your tone of voice even. But your body posture is really, really important. It really is massively important because people make judgments on you within the first five seconds. So you've got to be increasing your chances of actually making a good first impression. And then also also going easy on yourself and realizing that actually practice makes perfect. You know, the first time I do something, it may not be the best. In fact, it won't ever be the best. So the more mm-hmm. you do, the better that you're going to get at it. But you do have to put the work in. So you do have to learn, how do I do these, these things? And it is really like any kind of skill. And these are skills that we're talking about. No one is born being able to, to naturally kind of do these things. We all learn from, from someone or something. And yeah. thankfully, the, the age that we're living at, we've got so much resource around us. You know, oh, we're, yeah. we're very blessed. Yeah. And I, I think I keep, uh, I, I kind of tell people a milestone is, even if you get to talk to one person, no matter how yeah. big the conference is or how big the meetup is, that is one genuine connection you have created. Irrespective Absolutely. of all the 999 yeah. people you would have missed, doesn't matter. This genuine, this genuine connection would last you a long way. 
but but that's it but you've just like hit hit the nail on the head it's a genuine connection so you have to it's not just a case of of networking yeah you've got to develop those relationships so and they've got to be genuine it's just like when i when i i'm very big on on, on relationships and building the relationship relationships and i care genuinely about people and i'm really interested in, in people yep. so it's like showing interest so say when you are networking approach things from a genuine interest perspective and when you do do that then you listen better and listening yep. is really important you know as opposed to coming at it from a me 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 perspective so if you yep. go to a networking event with the objective of i'm going to find my next employer or something like that that's great to have that objective and i encourage people to do that yep. but i also encourage people to approach it from the perspective of be interested because when you're interested in other people they will be interested in you develop those relationships so don't just don't just leave it at that one networking event stay in contact but it is very much approaching it from the perspective of understand them showing interest in in them and and that will return dividends to, to you but be genuine with it you know show show who you are be authentic yeah. be interested and I guess this brings me to the next point about we were talking about scaling. We, we spoke about a personal branding course as well. Yeah. And just want to touch on the scaling part for using social media. Yes. Where should people be creating content then? I guess because okay. nowadays there are so many social media platforms. Right? I'm pretty Get sure security guys not hanging on TikToks. Absolutely. And it's, that is just such a valid point that you've made. So really you've got, again, when I teach this, it really is about not saying do it on this platform, do it on that platform. It really is about looking at what your objective is and then um, and then looking at, well, looking at your, your target audience. So where yeah. in line with your objectives. So where where is your target audience hanging out? So most of the time for us, um, it's going to be on LinkedIn. It's most likely going to be on Twitter as well. And I'm a big fan of using the two platforms together. But yeah. it could be on it could be on YouTube. It could be on Instagram. Instagram is actually doing really well as a platform and there there are so cyber security. Of, yeah, absolutely. I didn't think that actually if uh, right. a good year a year or a good year if not two years ago because I was just playing on Instagram like finding out you know what it would do and enjoying the, enjoying it. Yeah. And I didn't think that information security professionals um, cyber security people would be on there but they are on there. And it's, it's interesting, but you can do searches and, and find out. So it's really looking at, you know, what your objective is, establishing what that is, and really establishing who your target audience is. And most of the time, uh, people don't really understand um, in depth who their target audience is, including where they're, they're hanging out. They just simply kind of go, okay, right, fine. I'm going to be on LinkedIn. I'm going to play on LinkedIn, I'm going to use that as, as my network. But you really have to be approaching these things as, as a tester, as a true engineer and, uh, and testing all the time. So not taking anything. And this is what I feel we don't do well. We, we consume and we accept. And I'm so surprised about this. You know, yep. in, a tech, in a tech environment um, and as technologists, as engineers, as developers, why the bloody hell are we not testing more why are we why are we so accepting of things go and test and and be a true engineer and and test you know see what works and and approach these things 
with an open mind and an engineer's mind, a testing mind. Yeah. Find out what works for you and stop being, don't be complacent with it. Don't be so yeah. upset, accepting, but test, test, test. And, and there's analytics yeah. as well, right? For people to find out and that if are. they're doing something there uh, that they're doing is yeah. right or not. Because uh, I, I think Abs- yourself, you have like a Facebook page, a LinkedIn page, a Twitter yeah. page. I have, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm on Pretty is, much so is that part of your one. personal branding as well? They are, but some things, some things I, some things I use more. Pretty much every every uh, platform I'm testing. So I was going to bring yeah. it back to that. It sounded yeah, like you were testing exactly. as well. I'm yeah. testing, so I'm, I'm I'm doing that. So when we get a new platform out, I test, and and sometimes I just use it. I usually start off using it. For, for my own consumption. So just having a bit of fun and using it personally. And yeah. then I might bring in some some business and see how it how it performs. So yeah. a lot of the social media platforms, you know, I, I'm on and I, I've approached it like that. The ones I find that work for me are um, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube and and Instagram. Those are my those are my main platforms and, and I have a blog, you know, I have websites and some people include blogging, a blogging platform in, in that mix. Yeah. But those, those are my main, main platforms. It's like this again, not testing, but almost like an entrepreneurial mindset. So the innovation and watching, be attentive. You've got to be attentive. Yeah. You know, if you're a leader, you've got to be attentive to what's going on around you, your team, your stakeholders, the market. But you've also got to be like that as as a contributor, as as an employee, or as a contractor, or as a consultant. Yeah. You know, or as, as a startup. But you, you really do pay attention and see. And also this whole kind of um, issue of well, I'm not going to go on. I'm not going to go on on Facebook because of the privacy as, aspect, you know. And this, no, that's that's your choice, you yeah. know. It's. I was going to ask that as well because as a cybersecurity person, I'm pretty sure people ask you that. Oh, Jane, why are you on all these social media platforms? Don't you know they're su- they're sucking all your data, like or, or yeah. making a digital profile for you? Like, what's your yeah. response to that usually? My my view is, um, I'm I've assessed the risks. And I'm happy to pursue based on the risk assessment I've performed. There are loads of people like me, influencers, um, technical consultants who hang, you know, who, who hang about on these platforms. You know, it's you've got it's it's your risk. No, it's it's we're not all carbon copies. You know, it's just like you've got to lock these things down. You've got to accept the terms and you've got to be prepared to deal with, you know, the the consequences. So and that's a personal, you know, this is this is me as an influencer, as a personality, as a business. You've got to look at them. And and that's that's personal risk assessment. If you're not comfortable with that, then don't do it. No one's making you, Uh, you know, so. But just to categorically say no without doing that, I think is a bit, you know, it's, it's, it's your call. But I, I, I've not done that. So I've, I've looked at it and assessed the risk and I'm yeah. happy to proceed. Actually, it's an interesting one, right? Because that's kind of what I feel like what, that's what happened with cloud initially when people came up. I don't want to experience it. I just want to say no to it. That's kind of what happened with cloud initially. Yeah, when- and it's like, it's, 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 use your brain. You know, it's still yeah. useful, brain. For goodness sake, you know. And again, this is something that I see this acceptance or this waiting for mission or for permission yeah. or not engaging. You know, one's brain, and you've got a brain. Just use it. Yeah. You know, so yeah. stop following. 
you know, wake up, <laughs> you know, wake up. So everyone who's hearing this, wake brain. up right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, stop waiting for permission, engage your brain, approach things open-mindedly and approach yep. things as an engineer or as a, as a tester, yep. you know, and, and, and fundamentally engage your brain. Is there cybersecurity influence as a thing and what, what yes. do they do? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, an influencer is just someone who gets somebody else to take action. So it just means that the market is listening to to them and they can they can get people to take action on whatever it is that they want them to do. Um, yeah. Whether it's to, you know, if you're writing a blog, whether it's to comment on a blog or to like something or to... Also, you know, this could be join. used as an influencer thing. So say, for example, yeah. what we said earlier about personal branding, using a blog, LinkedIn post and absolutely. videos and all that. Yeah. That, yeah. So, People can, as in every, anyone who's listening right now, it just starts today doing blogs to begin yeah. with or starts a podcast. Can they just, is there like a, do they just sign up or do companies reach out or like what well, happens? No, it's, I mean, there are, there are influencer. I mean, so, so what happens is no one really, I've never met anyone who's, who's set out and this wasn't something that I, I did intentionally, you know, I set out to help. So my job is just to help people and, you know, I've got a business, so it's just like there's a transaction attached to that. So you get those win-win scenarios. It's just like, there's the value exchange. Yep. Um, but for me, it was very much, I, I, I going out to the market to help people and to share my thought leadership knowledge and to get perspectives on things and to, to, start a discussion because you, know, yep. you know if we're talking about marketing marketing is, is just a conversation it's a discussion yeah um so so for me that's what what i did i went out to do that um i i got people to take action you know i encouraged that because i wanted to find out what they were thinking yep. that gave me more insight into them so that meant that i could serve them better so for me it was all about serving and helping and oh, um, cool. so so that's how I did it. So I had lots of call, calls to action that were mostly comment on my blog or, or maybe come and join this webinar or masterclass or download this um, document or this yeah. guide on whatever it is. So lots of things like that. And because my, um, my stuff, if I want to a better word, my content was, was mostly well, well received. I got a yeah. lot of action on it, a lot of comments, a lot of, uh, it was great um, conversations that, that were going on around it. Then that kind of meant that more people could see the work that I was doing. And then what happens is companies out there start to monitor um, people who have got the ear of the market. So you have um, some agencies out there that have tools that are assessing influencers. You have companies out there that who will also work with influencers because say if we're talking about influencer marketing this is an, a, a slightly new um, way of doing business but they will um they like celebrities we've got celebrities who are out there marketing uh, products you know so yep. whether it's beer or or shampoo or facial creams or you know holidays or whatever it is you know yep. coffee you know they do that um that's yep. happening in every single micro niche and security is a micro niche so we have that now going on in insecurity so you have companies um whether they are marketing agencies or whether they are companies like microsoft or ibm or 
Venify is another company that did this recently. I worked with them on a campaign. You know, they're out there looking at who has got the attention of the market, who can get eyes on their brand, who, who can help to move the, the market forward and, and they're leveraging off, off them just in the same way that a, a celebrity or personality or a sports person yep. would be used by an advertiser. So that's what's going on in, in our market, in our micro niche and in others, you know, out, outside of it. Wow. So all, all you need to do is just, I would encourage people not to set out to, you know, be an influencer because I think that's really ego driven. Um, I would always encourage people to go out and to serve and to help. Yeah. First. And this would happen naturally. And that that may happen naturally, you know, yeah. it, it might not. But um, for me, I don't get consumed around the whole kind of influencer thing. I just what I'm consumed about is is helping and serving in the best way that I can. Yeah. And then invariably, what has happened, you know, I've won lots of awards. You know, I, I'm used as a I'm also a judge as well, so I'm a judge for many awards globally, about six or seven awards globally. So so this is what this is what happens. I feel like personal branding has a few levels and I, I feel like what we were talking about earlier is kind of like the entry level where you start writing your blogs, you start creating content, start serving people. And as you kind of help more people just by the volume of scale, word travels more than yeah, technology. I feel it, it's almost like this is and to your point about there's more offline and online. So if you're nice to people in general, when, when you meet them, yeah. they would recommend you as well. So I feel and, like that's this mm -hmm. is kind of like different stages and i feel influencer would be like i don't know level three or something but like basic level yeah. if people want to start off they don't have to instantly think about influencer programs no they start with very basic as you mentioned earlier share yeah sh share your stuff gets eyes on on you so go out to help know why you're doing this because uh, you've got to know why because this is an exchange of time and you, time is is one of the few resources that you can never get back you know yeah. unfortunately until there's a time machine that's been created we can't get time back so no, time and health yeah. are or gold resources. It's an so interesting money. one as well because I, I, some of the people that I've spoken to, they talk about um, they can't share a lot of information because I guess working for the blue team also means, and this is kind of like a really good segue into the, the second segment. In the second segment, we kind of go into like it's like an offense defense kind of a thing. We have more tactical yeah. solutions for what do we do right now. To your point about, uh, we spoke about personal branding. For people who are listening and starting off, what do you see as a challenge and being an introvert person yourself, what was the biggest challenge for you? If anyone else who's listening and is a woman is also an introvert, what do they do? Because Absolutely. You need a support system around you. So, and, and that could be an accountability buddy. Um, that's probably one of the easiest ways or yeah or a mentor you know that i'm developing a, a, a mentoring platform next year yeah. and it, it's just going to be for women at, at, at this stage yeah but it really is about having that support system around you because it's so easy to 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 not go ahead with these things or to talk yeah. your way out of it or to not find the time yeah. or to listen to those limiting beliefs that we all have or i'm not good enough no one will want to read it and i've heard probably every single type of limiting belief from the most incredible amazing people out there you know really? many of whom, yeah many of whom you know i can think of, of one in australia the most amazing CISO or yeah. sizo that that i know and he's just like no one would want to read my blogs and it's just like <laughs> you are crazy you are just amazing everyone would want to read your blogs and and so you know when he's when he did actually start doing this because i did a, a personal branding program with him and a, a, probably about 25 um 25 CISOs, CISOs yeah. in, in 
Australia and aspiring sizes as well. So it was great. Uh, but, you know, he was very much like, no one would want to read it. You know, who am I? All of those types of things, you know, so these are classic limiting beliefs that we all have. And, and it is that reference point. So it can be shared, shared as well. So that's why it's really useful to do. Having that support system around you. Yep. And sometimes it is a case of getting it checked, you know, so it might be that uncomfortable feeling of it's not good enough. You know, uh, you know, am I right? Uh, am I writing or am I what I'm saying or speaking about or talking about or sound biting or videoing about? Is it rubbish? You know, is it good enough? Which is again, a classic one. Get yep. it checked by someone and make sure ideally that it's, it's someone who, whose opinion you, you value, yep. you know, it, and you can also get this across multiple people as well. Is this good enough? And it just has to be good enough. And with, you know, all of these things, again, the, the time scales, the life cycle, it is there and it's always there. But if it's YouTube, it can be taken down. You know, it's, if it's, if it's a blog, you can always change it, you know, you can edit yeah. it and things like that. So, so it's not the end um, of the world, basically. It, it's, it's not, it's not the end of the world, but yeah. I would encourage people when they're starting out to have that safety net, that comfort blanket and go and get it checked by someone because that will really help. Yeah. And then make that commitment, you know, consistency is really important. So decide what platform, choose one platform and try and use a platform that you're comfortable with. So it's not so much of a stretch for you. Yeah. So choose one platform form and choose one medium so is it writing is it sound bites is it videos to choose that and and then commit to a consistent um, amount so are you going to do it weekly you're going to do it monthly you're going to do it by you know uh, quarterly yeah but decide and make sure that you commit to that and see it through yeah and then be 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 prepared you know be prepared for how that's going to go I think um, I was going to add, this is something that I personally do, and I'm, I'm not sure you do it yourself as well. But if I, if I write something or there's a video or something, I'd probably try and share it with different social groups as well. And, and it, uh, to your point earlier, where we've been talking about serving other people, if it's of value to people, and if it's not me, 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 a yeah. lot of people would actually engage with it. They would be like, and to your point about who's going to read my blog, thousands of yeah. people will, because all yeah. they want, everyone just wants value. They do, and but they also want connection. So it's just mm -hmm. like they, they're usually trying to solve a problem. Yeah. So, you know, either it's a case of, how do I solve this problem? Or how do I, how do I connect with someone who I resonate with? Usually they want to feel that connection. So it's, you know, to, today's successful blogs aren't just about, say, if we're talking about blogging, you know, writing in a boring business-like manner you know, sterile, that's the word I want to use. Um, yeah. If you really want to get that connection and pull people towards you, you know, for whatever reason, whether you want to be hired by a company or whether you want to hire a, a team, say, yeah. um, or you're, you want to showcase your, your products and services, you've, you've really got to be writing in, in a different way, a much more authentic, engaging, um, connecting manner, as opposed to just sterile writing that's not engaging it's boring we can get that anywhere <laughs> save that for your brochures you know yeah. save that for your brochures but yeah. you know if you're if you're writing but be it be a person be a human you are and 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 that you know when when i write i often tell stories and i'll showcase my vulnerability or mistakes or failures or cock-ups that just brings people closer towards me seeking out people i definitely recommend yeah. people who are listening to this to follow your content on linkedin are there other people who you feel are doing a great job at this whether it's 
the first person I could think of was was a woman, Magda, Magda Celli. Magda Magda Celli's doing a great job. So Magda is a genuinely great person. She's she's technical. She's a doctor, Magda Celli. I love Magda's work. She's doing some little sound sound bite videos at the moment. Um, So new weekly roundups of the news. Magda is based in Singapore. Um, She's Polish by, by origin. But she's she's wonderful. She's a really caring person. Her stuff is really good. She writes really well. Her videos are are you know they're fun. So I like I like Magda's Magda's work. This kind of moves me to the next segment, which is the final segment. I call it the unicorn segment, just because I feel like everyone has got this special superpower. The mentoring program. Why yes, a yep. mentoring platform? What is it that drives you about it? Well, it's the book. So the book that I wrote, which is called Insecurity, Why a Failure to Attract and Retain Women in Cybersecurity is Making Us All Less Safe. That really happened as an accident. So <laughs> okay. um, I wrote a blog. Yeah, exactly. So I had no, I had an intention to write a book, but not actually about that. It just happened as an accident. So I wrote a blog. I then kind of did a report. And then I thought, well, actually, this report is 15,000 words. Maybe I should turn it into a book and add more value and do interviews. And that's just kind of how it happened. And that's exactly how it happened. But I, it really was a research project. So I had a lot of research to do. So interviews, you know, getting new data and things like that, reading loads of reports, you know, and, and it's kind of continued s- since. So I'm, I'm very passionate about this. I'm very passionate about our industry. I'm passionate about empowering and inspiring people, particularly women, yeah. because I believe that they, you know, they, they, they do make us more safe. And I, I believe that with more women in our environments, then it's, it's great for men, you know, it's more normal for everyone. And we can, That's right. we can just have a, have a more fun time, a better time and, and our, our work can, can improve. So for me, it's an extension of that. So this mentoring, mentoring platform is an extension of that. It, it follows on from the book. But in the summer last year, I made a decision just to do it for women because I really feel instinctively that we need to have a safe space for women yeah. who can come together and find mentors. So the mentoring platform will enable uh, women to find mentors in yeah. line with the, the, the skills that they need or accountability partners or buddies and it also will have kind of training modules in it so it will it will have that that facility whereby you can learn new skills yeah. you can be supported with that learning in a community where you feel safe and this is a global community and then also you can find find your mentors as as well so it enables those those three three things really and the meetups so learning mm-hmm. meetups and um, mentoring Awesome. Um, I'm excited about the platform and I'm pretty sure a lot of female audience would love to go on that platform. I'm so excited about this because it, it does follow on the, from that work to really help solve this problem, powering, building that resilience and helping women to feel more inspired and strong yeah. and resilient and confident and uh, equip them with the skills so that we skills so that we can go out and we can actually stay in our environments and contribute. Finally. If you're like me and enjoy music, you would definitely love the Spotify app. The Spotify app is one place for all your favorite artists and podcast hosts. Yeah, I know they have podcasts as well. I had no idea. It's a great spot to listen to your favorite artists for free. You don't, they don't have to pay any money for it. Just download the app from your Apple Store or your Google Play and start listening today. They have a premium version as well, which allows you to download songs for, for those times when there is no internet, which happens in some parts of the world. So it's a great app. If you haven't done this already, 
go on your Spotify app, search for Cloud Security Podcast, give us a follow so you don't miss out on an episode. segment which is fun questions so the first one i've only got three questions so it's not too many yeah um what do you spend uh, most time on when you're not working on cybersecurity? it's it's probably dog walking so i live in the countryside so i'm yeah it's yeah my children my friends and my animals you know that that's that's my life next question what is something that you are proud of but is not on your social media. My greatest pride are my children, and they are on my social media <laughs> uh, from time to time. And so, final question now: What's your favorite cuisine or restaurant that you can share with people? I love food, so I would eat Mediterranean food every single day. That would be my natural diet of of choice. But I also love Thai food, so it's uh, that's, Ooh, that's I think Thai Thai food is probably my favorite. Um, but I would choose to just have a Mediterranean yeah diet every single day and probably live by the coast and the mountain. That's a great way for me to end the podcast as well. Really appreciate your time. Where can audience reach out to you if they have any follow-up questions on our mentoring programs? I think you mentioned your personal uh, personal branding program, of course, as well. Yeah. So on social media, probably the best place is LinkedIn. So I just keep it all really simple. Um, it's my name. So Jane Frankland. I'm on Twitter. Twitter is also a good place. And then I've got my, my website, um, Jane Jane Dash frankland.com but what i would also say is if i don't respond please don't take it personally just like badger me mm. i have a lot of people um messaging me all over the place so it could be in comments in blogs um in email direct messaging and things like that so i have to i i answer every single one person if so i don't reply yes yeah if i don't yeah or ask again that sounds like a good plan. Ask again, follow-ups is a great thing from a networking perspective as well. So yes, there you go, exactly. ending on a golden nugget yeah. as well. And it's a top tip anyway for not just dealing with me, but for dealing with anyone. And and also see where see where, see where the person you're trying to connect with is, is active. Look for those signals and those marks because say for me, sometimes I can be more resp- responsive on Twitter because it's yep. a faster platform than say on LinkedIn. So sweet. Thank, um, you. thank you again for your time. Really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to talking to you again when the mentoring program goes live. Uh, thanks Great. again thank for your you. time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode, everyone. We would really appreciate if you could give us a follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast. And if also possible, if you're feeling generous enough, leave us a review. We love feedback and we want this to be a good show. If you have any feedback or if there's a topic that you would like us to cover, reach out to us on our socials or on www.kaizentech.com where you should be able to find me or you can find my socials on the show notes page. Talk to you guys on the next episode. See ya.